Hey y'all, thanks so much for being here today. Um, I just wanted to start off by telling uh, a story that actually happened a couple days ago with my daughter. Um, so I was working out in my living room the other day. I had on um, KB, who's a Christian rap artist, because let's be honest, sometimes reckless love just doesn't have the right beat for a workout. So, but I'm also aware I have little bitty ears close by. So KB, he's awesome. I highly recommend for working out. Um, anyway, so his song Masterpiece comes on. It's a beautiful song. Um, I would highly recommend you go listen to it. It is just beautiful. Um, anyway, so his song Masterpiece comes on. And my daughter, with her listening ears, is like, well, mom, what is a masterpiece? I'm like, well, that's a really good question. She's six years old. Um, and so I just started explaining to her uh, in a believer's term of what a masterpiece is. And we're going to look more into that today. So that's going to segue us right into what we're talking about today. And it's that you are a masterpiece. So when you look at the definition of masterpiece, it's defined as an outstanding artistry, skill, or workmanship. Some synonyms include jewel, treasure, prize, showpiece. Like we get it. It's a, it's a very, um, crafted, piece of art, something of great value, beautiful, um, well done. And what we are going to look at more today is the Bible verse, Ephesians 2.10, which actually calls us God's masterpiece. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. There's also in the book of Isaiah that God is mentioned as a potter uh, and that we are the clay. Uh, And we hear this a lot if you're a Christian. Um, There's worship songs that say this. Again, it's in in the Bible. Uh, So basically, there's just a lot of beautiful scripture about God being this master artist, and we are his work of art. And so that is the gist of that. But what really does that mean? What does that mean as, as believers? And Mindy, why are we talking about this today for a faith and fitness podcast? Well, I want to ask you something, and I want you to think about it. How do you treat yourself as God's masterpiece? And we're going to look at this in two different ways. We're going to look at it physically and emotionally. So physically, obviously, we know uh, a way that we can feel like we're treating ourselves as God's masterpiece is simply just taking care of ourselves, right? Like working out, being intentional with what we're eating, um, just doing what we can to keep our bodies feeling good. Um, we know we're aging, obviously. We're not always going to be in like tip-top shape, but we do what we can uh, to honor that. And I do talk about that a lot with my clients. This is always the main driving force I try to teach my clients is that we do work out to honor our bodies, take care of them because it was gifted to us. Um, And this really should be the driving force in regards to when you are trying to adapt to an exercise routine. And a lot of time people fail when starting a new routine and it's because of the reason behind their why. It is most likely they are trying to meet a worldly expectation of a physical goal you know, I want a six pack. I want to be, uh, I want to weigh this much. I want to be a size zero in pants, whatever it is. They have this physical goal that they're trying to meet. And if they realize they're either not going to hit that goal as quickly as they would like, or they are doing great, but then they start comparing their, their selves to others, they quit. And it's because the reason why just has no eternal value there. It is very shallow and it is a worldly expectation. So obviously that is the physical side 
of, of this. Now I want to look more at the emotional side, which is going to go a little deeper. So I want to give you a scenario to kind of help you grasp this. Now picture this. You're standing with Van Gogh or Picasso. Now, let me stop right there. I am not an artsy person. I am not crafty. I mean, y'all should see the crafts I try to do with my kids. It's literally just paper plates and some paint cut up and and just, you know, it is what it is. I, I am not crafty. I don't have the gift of art. I don't know anything about artists. So bear with me. You might even hear me say some things if you know more about art and you're like, that is not the right terminology. Just know that up front. Art is not my strength. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So just picture this. You're standing with Van Gogh or Picasso, who are two well-known artists, um, and you're standing with them in front of one of their most famous paintings, right? It's beautiful. It's hanging up, and and you're, it's just, it's got the lighting perfectly on it. It's just beautiful. Now, would you stand there with Van Gogh and would you start to criticize? Would you start to say, oh my gosh, why did you, why did you use that color there? Um, why, why did you use that kind of brushstroke? Oh my gosh, this looks terrible. Would you overanalyze it? Would you look for every little flaw to point out and just stand there and beat it down and beat it down? Would you tell them how ugly it is? Would you even go as far as to say, there are so many other paintings that are better than this. You should really just stop and give up. Don't be an artist anymore, right? Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't because you know they are a master at their craft. You know you are witnessing a masterpiece right before you. You know the artist you're standing next to is incredibly skilled. They have been giving an amazing gift and you know anything they are going to produce is going to be one of value and beauty. So instead, I would bet if we go back to that scenario that you would most likely let their words, like if they're standing there and they're explaining, you know, the reason behind their painting, where they got their inspiration, like you would just be in awe. Like the painting, you would just be letting their explanations drip all over you and you're just taking it in. Maybe you're even overwhelmed at the beauty of it and the inspiration behind it as they are talking about it. And let's say you go even further and and you purchase it. Now, I did Google this. It actually says that some pieces of art from established artisans can, oh my goodness, be bought for up to $10,000, which that was really hard for me to wrap my head around because, again, I'm not an artsy person. I was astounded, but, I mean, it makes sense. So, keep that in mind. So, let's say you purchase their painting for $10,000. Now, I would guess you're getting this thing home. You're going to take dang good care of it, right? You're going to protect it, make sure no damage is done, not even one little blemish is going to happen to this piece of art. And then when you get it home, you are most likely going to hang this thing where it has the best lighting when people walk in your house. It's the first thing they're going to see so that you can tell them about this wonderful, rare piece of art that you purchased. You may even tell people how much it costs just so you can say, hey, wow, this is what I'm saying. This thing is amazing because I spent $10,000 on it. Like You're going to do all you can to preserve it, take care of it because you know its value. Okay, so now think about this. How do you respond to God's masterpiece, aka you. Now, I just talked about how some pieces of art can literally be 
bought for up to $10,000. And so I know you're going to take care of it. But you were actually bought at the highest price, which was the blood of Jesus Christ. That is how valuable and irreplaceable you are to God. He literally sent Jesus to earth as a baby, knowing his fate was going to be dying on a cross because that is how much he loved you. That is how valuable you were to him. And and he was more than willing to do that. How could you not be a masterpiece with stakes that high? And you know what? We stand in front of a masterpiece every single day. You don't have to go to an art gallery to go see a masterpiece. You don't have to go to your local art museum. You look at one every single day in the mirror. And here's the other thing. So go back to that scenario where I say you're standing there with Van Gogh or Picasso, pick any famous artist you want, and you're thinking that would be a dream. Oh my goodness, mama, you're with an artist every day. When you're standing there in the mirror looking at yourself, you are literally looking at a masterpiece and the artist is right there with you. Now, having that reminded to yourself, let's keep going. Do you talk ugly to yourself? Do you stand in front of the mirror looking for flaws? Do you just walk around so frustrated and resentful toward your body? Why won't it respond the way I need it to? Why do I have to look like this? And you're just nitpicking every single flaw. Now, when I was talking about our scenario earlier, we thought that's ridiculous. We would never point out flaws of an artist's masterpiece. But yet we actually do this all the time. We do this probably daily to the master artist of all time. So I want you to think about that. This is a heart check. The emotional side of this whole thing is actually more of where our heart is. It's what drives you physically in regards to why and how you're approaching fitness in your body, right? There, The heart is always kind of our driving force. Now, as moms, I know we may not feel like our body is a masterpiece, right? I mean, honestly, we have loose skin. We have stretch marks. Uh, when we're done nursing, our boobs look like deflated balloons. Our hips are probably permanently wider. Um, and honestly, we probably have bags under our eyes all the time. Even if you're not a mom and you're just an adult, being an adult is exhausting. <laughs> um, I mean, wrinkles, we... It's just, it's a part of getting older. It's a part of being a mom. Things change. And we get so down on ourselves because we believe the lies of the enemy. If you are a believer, you know there is a spiritual battle. And the enemy is always looking to seek and destroy. And of course, he would never, ever want us to believe we're a masterpiece of God. Right? He wants us to feel down on ourselves. And he is going to come after us hard. And he has us comparing ourselves over and over to others. Now, let me remind you of this. God, being the master artist he is, he knew exactly how our bodies would respond to pregnancy. This is no surprise to him. He knew a growing belly 
would cause our skin to stretch, it would cause it to be loose, and it would cause it to have some marks on it, right? He designed it. He knew that. He knew that he was going to design women to be able to nurse their babies if able, and that when they're done nursing, that's not going to look the same either. He knew our hips were going to need to get wider to push these babies out. He knows all these things. It's his design. He knew it would change externally. Now, going back to that KB song I referenced earlier, there's a line in that song that really just hits at my heart. And it says, I know in every scar life leaves, it's a breaststroke on a masterpiece. I'm going to say that again. I know in every scar life leaves, it's a breaststroke on a masterpiece. God knew. He knew our bodies would look different with that change. He absolutely knew it. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And he is just painting like the line of the song says, it's just a breaststroke on you. It is a breaststroke of God touching up his masterpiece as life is thrown at you and as things change. And he doesn't put an expectation on his masterpiece to have to return to what we were prior to pregnancy. Honestly, he knew exactly what was going to happen. And we actually are the ones who put this expectation on ourselves to feel like we have to return to what we were uh, before we had babies, before pregnancy. That was not his doing. We allow ourselves to compare and see other moms who seem to magically bounce back. And we actually buy into this lie and think that they really have returned to what they were exactly before having babies. No, absolutely not. We have done this to ourselves. Now, even more so, the changes that God knew would happen externally, even more so, he knew it would change us internally. What pregnancy does internally in having babies. Think about how much you've grown as a mom. Think about the person, actually, let's think about who you were before you had kids, right? I can probably not even recognize who Mindy was, let's say, eight years ago. I wouldn't even know who that person is. When you become a mom, you grow so much. It is the most selfless part of your life when you have kids. You realize the selflessness that is required to be a mom is unlike anything else. You experience a love you never thought possible. You're stronger because of what you've endured, constantly learning and adapting. I mean, there is so much internal change. I think my faith and my walk with Jesus became so much deeper after becoming a mom. And God is so gracious in how he refines us for our good. And so on top of the external change that he knew his design would have, with pregnancy and becoming a mom, he knew the internal change was going to be so beautiful and that it was going to be so big. Now what makes God this amazing master is that his creation, his masterpiece can literally change and improve from the inside out. So when we can marvel at his design and surround ourselves with his truth, we can begin to see ourselves how he sees us. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking like, Mindy, that's all beautiful and wonderful. Okay, it's great. But how exactly do we do this? Easier said than done, right? 
I've already mentioned the enemy. We know there's an enemy after us. And boy, is he a good enemy. He loves nothing more than to distract us from the masterpiece that we are. His goal is to make us feel worthless, ugly, down on ourselves, mad at our bodies postpartum, rather than being in awe. I mean, if you ever have days where you just feel like, okay, I've got this, I'm working out, I'm feeling good about myself, and then bam, out of nowhere, right? You're like, oh my gosh, look at this unflattering picture of me at the beach. Look at all my rolls. Look at my stretch marks. Wow, I've been working out so hard. Why do I look so down? That is the enemy coming after you hard. So even when you do take the steps to start to marvel and understand and appreciate this design that you are to God, that does not mean the enemy is going to leave you alone. There's two things we need to do to start taking those right steps toward being able to rest in the masterpiece that we are. The first and most important is you need to pray protection over your mind and heart from the enemy's schemes, and you need to proclaim it in Jesus' name. The enemy has to flee when we proclaim Jesus. He does. He has no choice but to flee. So going back to what I just said, of you, you need to be paying attention to know when the enemy is on attack. And if you pay attention, you'll start to really be able to, to pick it out. I just said this scenario of maybe you're doing well, and then you see an unflattering photo of you, or maybe you've been feeling good about yourself. Um, you've been growing deeper with God in the masterpiece that you are, but then you're scrolling Instagram and you see this picture out of nowhere of some influencer you didn't even know existed. And it's like the most sculpted body ever. And she's like, oh, I just had a baby two weeks ago. And you're like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, all your progress that you've made just goes out the window. That is the enemy on attack, right? Or even looking at yourself in the mirror and you may notice a new flaw. And I'm using my air quotations with my fingers around flaw, right? That is the enemy as well, blinding you into what you're seeing. So you need to know when he's on attack. So then when you feel him on the attack, you can pray protection over your mind and heart right then and there and proclaim it in Jesus's name. So the enemy flees. The second thing we need to do is saturate our life with Jesus. Every, every part of our life has to be saturated with Jesus. Now, something I love to do is I have Bible verses on my bathroom mirror and you can find specific Bible verses, just like I referenced earlier in this episode from Ephesians 2.10 and have it on your bathroom mirror. We look in the mirror every day and you can have that in front of you. That will always remind you of how God sees you. I like to have praise music on while I work out. As I said earlier, I know some praise music does not give us the beat we need to drive our workout. There are great artists that have those fun beats. Toby Mac, KB, these are all great ones. Have that truth on and surrounding you while you are working out to remind you of why you're doing it. And constantly give thanks to God for the gift your body is and what it has accomplished. Nothing changes our posture more than being thankful. Instead of what the enemy likes is the woe is me, we need to shift this and just be thankful, thankful, thankful. This is how we shift our heart in regards to our health and fitness because we start to believe it and we start to want to take the best care of what God has created. When we understand we are truly a masterpiece 
and how God sees you. It makes you want to do this. It makes you not want to quit like so many do because the reason behind why they're doing it is so shallow. But if you continue to let the enemy wreak havoc on you and continue to scroll and criticize yourself and you're not breaking this pattern, you are going to continue to sit as a prisoner and believing these lies. You have to make sure you are protecting yourself, saturating your life with Jesus, change your heart, and it will absolutely change your purpose. So mama, I will be praying for you this week. I am with you. I struggle with this as well. But knowing how I can protect myself from the enemy and knowing that I can rest and that I am a masterpiece to God, the ultimate artist can give me peace and joy in in this body that I am in after having three babies and I can go forward knowing I'm doing the very best I can to honor the artist. So thank you for being here today. I'm so glad you joined me. If you want to see more fitness tips, encouragement, mom life, make sure you are following me on Instagram. Get ready to write this down because it's a ridiculously long name. So it's this underscore fitness. I know you're probably thinking, Mindy, really? That's how long it is? Yes, it is. So make sure you follow along there to keep up and I can't wait to see you back here.